Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. to the 30 podcast here's your host jazz kang exciting new episode coming up for you here on this one lots to talk about in terms of tyrese maxi he's also going to be on the pod in the back half we do a short little q a with him while i was at sixers training camp but before we jump into all that do not forget subscribe to the liberty ballers podcast network we're on itunes spotify google podcast stitcher you name it we are there and check out libertyballers.com where our team will have you covered for all things Sixers as we ramp up to the beginning of the regular season. So, as I mentioned, Tyrese Maxey been probably the second most talked about Sixer since training camp started on Monday with Media Day in terms of behind, obviously, the guy who is in here and Ben Simmons. But it's been interesting to note, like being around the Sixers at Media Day, hearing them speak about how they're going to adjust without having Ben Simmons here and, and, and a part of the uh, the team and, and officially suiting up for games. Almost everyone mentions Tyrese Maxey, Doc Rivers, Daryl Morey, Joel Embiid, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, really the leaders of not only on the court, but obviously off the court with, with Daryl and Doc in terms of the, the management and the, and the business side of things. But you know, Tyrese Maxey has going to have huge, huge, huge expectations going into this season for the Sixers, right? You're looking at this guy. He's only 20 years old right now. He'll he'll turn 21 just after the season starts on, on November 4th. But looking at how much he grew, you know, as a 21st overall pick in, in 2020, you're looking back at all that, you know, not exactly ideal circumstances for a rookie coming into the NBA without a real proper training camp due to the pandemic, lack of one-on-one coaching in person because of the pandemic. So a ton of things, you know, weren't exactly working in, in the rookie's favors. And we saw a few other struggle too, like James Wiseman. You know, he missed out. He had a positive COVID test, dealt with some injuries, uh, didn't really find his footing throughout, flashed, flashed his potential, but you didn't really get to see it. So I, I think we'll see a second-year jump from a few guys across the league. And Maxi looks poised to be one of them. And it was interesting because listening to Doc's comments about Maxi, just in terms of of you know what he saw from the beginning, from when Maxi first got here, compared to how things were at the end of the season. I'll play that clip for you here now. You know, we played him early in the year, and I didn't like some of the things that he was doing. Um, and I kept telling our staff by end of the year, this guy's he's going to be a player. Uh, and I give him credit, like. The, the, the things, you know, driving, getting all the way to the basket, uh, instead of relying on the floater, he changed. Yeah, things did not start off particularly great for Tyrese Maxim. And you look back at his at his numbers from, from December and January and February, and, and they're consistent. I mean, he did have some some flashes in, in December where, you know, he obviously had that big 39-point game against Denver 
in a in a 12 point loss that happened uh, way back on on January the 9th. But I mean, you know, then he followed that up with another four games where he was in double figures and you thought, OK, you know, maybe this guy is 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 going to be, you know, a regular, regular contributor throughout. And we're going to see this consistently. And then he kind of fell off again. And that was for the rest of the month of January, February, not particularly great. Did have a couple of outings where he had double digits, but he really didn't start finding his footing until April. And that's when, that's when you started seeing Tyrese Maxey, especially as he got into May the, towards the end of the season. You know, he had the 30-point game in the finale against Orlando. Um, also had a 22-point effort against the Pistons. Uh, hit double figures a couple other times in May leading up to the playoffs. So he started to get more minutes, and he started to be a little bit more consistent in terms of with his offensive performance. And, and that was something the Sixers wanted to see. And Doc mentioned how you know, getting to the rim was, was important for, for Maxi and, and, and finishing off drives and not pulling up short, especially being aggressive when you get in there against, against the rim protectors. And so we started to see Maxi's kind of game elevate as, as he progressed into the playoffs. And then he had a nice first round against Washington, no doubt, you know, putting up uh, three times, he had double digits. He had 13 in the closeout game, 15 in game four, uh, 10 point effort in game two. But I mean, you saw that in terms of, okay, again, this guy's flashing it when the stakes are at the highest. Not so great in terms of what he brought to the table. Didn't play a whole lot either, mind you, from games one through five against the Hawks. Only got a minute of action in, in game five itself, which ended up being a three-point loss. But you look at his performance in game six, where he had 16 points, seven boards, uh, played you know 29 minutes for Doc that, that game, hit a three-pointer. You look at that, and it's like, okay, this guy has flashed what he could do. And in terms of offensively, again, consistency will be an issue for him, but he's showing it and he got stronger as the season went on. And that's something Doc obviously praised there in that clip. So what are we looking at for Tyrese to improve as we get into year two? So the defensive issues are something that, that we're going to have to look at. Now I will say this, Maxi does a little bit, look a little bit bigger in terms of in person, watching him, you know, at the end of practices where we've been allowed to be in the facility, actually watching the team on the court, but he does look a little bit bigger, definitely has more confidence. And the way he's carrying himself, his jump shot looks a little bit better in terms of uh, the consistency. Again, this is doing it against not much defense. You know, I'm shooting around with Seth Curry, getting some work in with Shake Milton. Uh, only ended up shooting just over 30% in his rookie year. So obviously the Sixers are hoping that goes up. And I'm just off the eye test from what I'm seeing. Again, this is without playing against NBA level competition. Although when they are doing some team drills, I did see him hit a couple of threes. So I think that's one area he wanted to improve in this offseason. And he looks better so far, but we don't know for sure yet. The other aspect, like I mentioned, after the clip there is defensively. And we have to look at, you know, the underlying number is not very kind to Tyrese Maxey in terms of if you look at his defensive rating and the analytics side of things, you know, he was at 108 uh, defensive rating, which worse on the team by anyone who actually played, you know, significant minutes. Um, Danny Green came in second before him. And then you had guys like George Hill. But I mean, coming up, you know, in terms of the third worst. But so you're looking at that and that that could be rookie mistakes and that, and that could be and uh, many different things in terms of getting beaten off the dribble off the top. And, and, you know, Maxi struggled with that a little bit, closing out on shooters. You know, the team just wasn't as efficient with him out there defensively compared to when you guys have, have guys like Joel Embiid. Um, you know, you're looking obviously at what Ben Simmons is like defensively. It, not looking like he's coming back, but obviously it was a bit of a drop-off to have Tyrese Maxey on the court in terms of the defensive end. So that's something he's really going to have to work on, especially if he's going to get bestowed with the, responsibility 
of, of being a starting point guard on a team that still thinks it has a, a very high chance to be very competitive and win. And all the players have said that throughout the first few days of, of training camp is that we want to come out and we want to win and we expect to, to, you know, contend again, it, that's up for debate, whether you think that they actually have the horses to be able to compete with a team like Brooklyn or Milwaukee, but you know, that's something they're, they're going to be looking at. And, and doc said that, you know, as well during media day that, Hey, you know what, with or without Ben Simmons here, they had big plans for Tyrese Maxey and they like what they saw from Tyrese Maxey. So, you know, again, every single person that has been asked about Ben Simmons, not only at media day, but also during the media availabilities following their, their actual training camp practices has singled out Tyrese Maxey and, and how important he's going to be to the success of this team. Again, not ideal for a, a guy who's turning 21 years old and in, in just over a month, but um, this is the NBA. And so, you know, we're going to have to see exactly where he's at. And, and that was another, inter another interesting soundbite from Doc is, is when he talked about what the struggles were for Tyrese Maxey in terms of in the playoffs, any reference specifically the disappointing game seven loss, loss to the Hawks. Here's what he had to say about that. The point guard spot is hard in the league. Uh, it is. Um, I thought game seven was a great example. You know, we talked, we've talked a lot about that him and I, and you know, he, he wasn't prepared in, in some ways for the other guys, you know, the men give me, you know, in those games, give me the ball. And I, you know, I laugh, you know, I had this with Rondo all the time. I mean, cause Rondo had Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce and Ray Allen, who were hot every play in their minds. And I said, man, those going to be a really important word for you. Uh, and same thing will happen for Tyrese as well. Yeah, it must have been hard playing next to a guy like Joel Embiid, uh, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, where you want to be a good rookie, you know, listen to your coach and say, hey, I got to, you know, I got to do exactly what the coaches tell me. And you have three all-star caliber players there saying like, hey, man, screw that. Just give me the ball. You know, so, I mean, having to deal with that and work through that and and Doc specifically mentioned Rondo there when they won a championship with KG, Paul Pierce and, and Ray Allen back in 2008, you know, a long time ago now, but referencing how, how Rondo had to handle that. So it'll be it will be a challenge for for Maxi to handle that. But I definitely say just off of the feeling you're getting when, when you're talking to him and being around him, that he's certainly going to do everything he can to meet the challenge. And he has a genuine excitement, a, a genuine aura around him. When, when you see him that this guy put in the work over the summer, he's ready to show off what he could do. It's all going to depend if he can put it together on the court. Now, you also had a, a pretty funny moment. I don't know if you had a chance to check it out, but uh, on media day, our own Paul Hudrick was, was asked, called upon to ask Maxi a question. He asked the question. Maxi didn't even pay attention to it. He just was like, man. I was just, uh, just so happy to see you in person because, you know, Paul had, had talked to him so many times on Zoom last year. So he singled that out. So check that clip out if you can. You can catch it on the uh, on the Sixers Twitter as well as on uh, on Paul's Twitter account. So that was a good one. Um, just gave us a glimpse of, of who we're dealing with and, and how much energy and, and how much positivity this guy has. Uh, coming up after the break, I was lucky enough to, to get a few minutes with Tyrese to kind of talk about his journey to the NBA. And we touched on a, a few things about Philly as well. So that's coming up in about a minute here. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate 
in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, and we are back. As I mentioned, I was lucky enough to get some one-on-one time with Tyrese following practice. Uh, here's what he had to say in terms of his journey to the NBA, as well as I did some rapid-fire questions about him, about his experience in Philly, and getting to know him a little bit on a personal level as well. All right, Ty, you grew up in Dallas, born and raised in Dallas. What was life like for you as a kid growing up there? Yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in Garland, Texas, which is right outside of Dallas, but uh, life was great. Life was great. I mean, uh, it's funny because I tell everybody that so many people lived in my house. Both my grandmothers, my grandfather, uh, my three sisters. My sister went off to college, graduated, came home with twins. So my twin nieces, both my parents. So the house is always active, it's always loving, it's always support. And uh, you know, it's a great environment. You started playing basketball, you, you, you went to South Carolina High like you mentioned. Average better than 22 points in your junior and senior seasons. When did you have a moment that you realized, man, I could play basketball as a as a professional? Um, man, I think it was always a dream, of course, of course. But um, I think really, like maybe my ninth grade year, tenth grade year, uh, I went to play in Erod Bell Peace Jam, and I was playing up, and I played really well, and that was the first time Coach Cal came in to watch me play. So that was my tenth grade year, I think, and Coach Cal was there, Coach K was there. Uh, Coach Izzo was there. I mean, all this, all the coaches were there. And, you know, I played really well that entire week. And I, I thought to myself on the way home, I was like, man, I always I wanted to go to Kentucky. It's like, man, I think I can really do this. And, you know, I always had faith in myself, but then was, I think it was a moment like, man, I'm going to do this. So You're talking about Coach Cal, obviously one of the smoothest, best coaches in the country, too, just the way he carries himself. He's like a dawn of a, go- a godfather. What was the recruiting process like for you to go to the University of Kentucky? Oh, it was pretty simple. It was pretty simple. I told my mom, I mean, I told my friends in eighth grade, I planned out my entire, you know, road to the NBA. I told them uh, I was, was going to go to South Garland, I was going to go to State, I was going to go to the University of Kentucky, I was going to be a McDonald's All-American, and I was going to be a first-round pick. And I, I mean, I, I put that, put my mind to it. And, you know, then when you're telling them that in the eighth grade, your friends, even your friends are like, all right, man, like, come on, man, we got to be realistic in life. And I really, truly believe that. So... The, the decision to go to Kentucky was pretty easy, you know. Um, I just coached college track record, the University of Kentucky's track record. It was a no-brainer. What is the biggest thing you learned from Coach Cal during your during your one year there with with the Wildcats? I think to be resilient and fight for what you want. 
um, coming in early, and uh, he told me it was going to be extremely hard on me. He said he's going to you know, coach me extremely hard, be tough on me, uh, put me in situations that weren't even game-like. And uh, you know, it, it really just made me a fighter. I remember um, you know, the first game, November 5th, so the day before was November 4th, we were practicing. He told me, like, I wasn't even ready to play. You're not, you're not going to get in the game tomorrow like, on, your, on my birthday. And I was, I was crushed. But as soon as I got in the game on November 5th, the next day, I was just like, I had that fight in me that he had built all the way, you know, during the preseason and during the summer. And I was ready to go. Went out there, performed. We beat the number one team in the country, and the rest is history. When you were going into the draft and, and going through draft day, what was your emotions like for you? And what is it like coming up for a guy who's not guaranteed to be a top three pick? But what, what is your mindset like on, on draft day? And, and walk us through the emotions you went through just leading up to the time you heard your name called. Yeah, I mean, it's just a dream come true. It's all surreal. Like, uh, moments before the pick is in, you know that, you know, they're going to select you. But it's not real until, you know, the commissioner comes out there and actually says your name. And then, like, all the emotion just really hits you, all the hard work and, you know, all the dedication and all the support that you've had. It really just hits you in that moment, and you just it's – it's a dream come true. All right, I'll ask you some rapid-fire questions now just about your time here in Philly. What's your favorite go-to spot for food here in, in, in Philly itself? Uh, I like a lot of spots. For cheese, uh, cheese steaks, I go to Ishka Bibbles. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. What is your first impression of Philly when, when, when you got here, and had you been here before? No, my first time here, uh, my first impression was I got off the plane with a hoodie on in December. And I got off the plane, and the wind, the, the freezing cold hit me. I was like, I'm about to get back on the plane. But no, nah, it was amazing, though. I mean, I went and bought me a coat, and now I, I love it here. What is your favorite part about playing, playing for the Sixers overall? I think, um, you know, the organization is great, teammates are great, and then the fans are amazing. I mean, you know, the, the friends are just, they want determination, they want hard working, they want you to do your best. And uh, that's what we go out there and we try to do every single night. Who's the funniest teammate you have on the Sixers? Funniest? Paul Reed, for sure. He's a different type of, different type of character. Okay. Uh, if you're walking through a dark alley and you might need somebody to have your back on your team and you have to pick one guy to be there with you, who would it be? Paul Reed. <laughs> Paul Reed. I know Paul Reed going to have my back wherever I go. No matter what the situation is, it doesn't even matter. I know he's going to have my back. Last few questions for you. What is your favorite type of – who is your favorite musical artist? Favorite musical artist? Um, I like Jay Z. Uh, my uncle kind of turned me on to that. Uh, right now, new school people. I like Gunna. I like the way he flows. It's pretty good. And then if you want to go like old school, uh, my grandmother's put me on. Grandmother and grandfather's put me on Temptations. So I listen to a lot of that when I'm calm and, and just having a good time. What's your What's your go-to song before a game if you want to get pumped up and ready to go? Man, it changes every year. It changes every year. I remember in high school, my senior year, I would always listen to scholarships by Drake where they say I rock Kentucky blue. That was right before I went to Kentucky. Got to Kentucky, it was something else. Last year was something else. So, I don't know. It kind of just varies. All right, last one for you, Tyrese. You're looking at yourself now going into your second year. Obviously, expectations are, are higher for you you know, right now given how, how well you played last season. What is your ultimate goal as an NBA player, and where do you see yourself? You know, where, If you had a successful career 15 years down the road, what would you say you look back at and be like, that's what I want to do? Uh, if I had to look back, you know, however long it is down the road, I just want to say that I reached my maximum potential. I didn't leave anything out there. I didn't leave any doubt. Um, I don't want to have any what-ifs. I want to be able to say, man, 
I, I went hard every single day and I found a way to get 1% better to where at the end of my career when I'm done, I maximize all my potential. I did everything I, I wanted to do and uh, I'll be happy with myself. All right, Tyree, thanks for taking the time to do this, man. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. See, I told you, the guy's super engaging, uh, great personality. And, and again, I've, I've said it a few times on this pod that he certainly seems like he's up for the challenge in terms of trying to be ready to lead an NBA team that finished with the best record in the East just a season ago, filling in the shoes that won't be easy at all for a guy like Ben Simmons. But looking forward to seeing what Maxi can do, given an increased role and given a full offseason really of workouts where he was able to get in uh, to the gym with coaches, uh, with fellow players and not having the restrictions of the pandemic. That'll do it for this episode. Before we wrap things up, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your fix. We'd always appreciate a five-star review if you could do that. And of course, check out libertyballers.com for all your six years needs.